produces a sense of being a self. That's what it does. Yeah. You didn't have a sense of being a self when you were born here, if you want to call it that. If you want to call, if you want to believe that this is real here, even in the reality of this dream of being a born, for the first year or so, there was no sense of being a self. They have tons of research on it. The baby does not think it's something separate from the mother at times. It's just all there is is that, yeah? But then the, the mind, the brain develops, and the brain is one of the only organs that develops outside of the womb. It doesn't develop in the womb all the way. It takes two more time. So when the baby is born and seems to appear here, the brain is still developing. It's not like the other things. All the other organs have already started, but the brain is really trying to hook up the nerves and everything. And part of its system is to produce a sense of being a self. Yeah? So then that self-centeredness, or that sense of being a self is produced, and then the mind yes, gets caught in that. So what's being reflected is taken to be what it is. Yeah? So now... When the movement of consciousness is, is here and mind can reflect that movement, it's now not able to reflect that movement because the mental process has claimed the consciousness. It's saying, I'm the one who's seeing. I meaning this, yeah? I'm the one who's hearing. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's tasting. I'm the one who's touching. I'm the one who is seeing thoughts. And we do this every week, but... It's amazing the leap that this mind can make when you can't even take a shit when you want to, yeah? But even, let's say, when you do take a shit, and then you look in the toilet, and there's the shit, and it would be a, it's a logical assumption that, hey, I took, I did this, I did this, you know what I mean? It would seem like it, yeah, because being identified as the body, this thing issued forth from the body, and so maybe you could, it would seem like it would make sense, yeah, I took a shit. But... Now, we're bringing it to a subtle level of thinking, which you can't see thoughts here. I mean, you can't open up my brain and see thoughts, can you? And you can't weigh them. You can't collect them. Yeah? You can't take it like a specimen, like people can take a stool specimen. You can't take a thought specimen. Yeah? It's very subtle, but it's still an activity of the body. Yeah? The brain. Yes? And yet, we, when... The thought is seen, because there's consciousness, we take ourselves to be the one who's thinking the thought. It's incredible. What a leap. Yeah? I mean, it's, you can't even say that you're the digester of your food, can you? I mean, obviously. You would have a giant lineup to the colon because you'd forget to digest the burrito and then you had those Fritos before or whatever. <laughs> you'd be a giant backup. It would be like, all you could do is sit home and digest all day. If you were the doer, yeah? Or your heart, you'd, we'd all be dead. We'd have forgot to pump it, you know? Oh, Jesus Christ. Be, you know, we'd never get past the first day being in control. Yet, this, it seems absurd to say that. Oh, yes, I'm the pumper of my heart, and I'm, the, I'm digesting my food. But it's really absurd to believe you're the thinker of thoughts. It's a, totally insane. It's so much more subtle than the body apparatus, you know, the physical thing, to believe you're doing that. Yet, what is the feeling when a thought is witnessed or seen? Isn't it that you're the thinker of it? Don't you assume, doesn't, aren't the thoughts held as my thoughts? So either they're about me, or they're about you, but they're all mine. Yeah? This is the first movement of selfing. The selfing arises, and the first thing it does is it claims. The first thing it claimed was conscious contact. It says, I'm the one who's seeing. 
I'm the one. It's so funny because you have a feeling and you go, I didn't want to feel, I don't want to feel that. But you already felt it, yeah? Every day, the activity of being alive tells us in no uncertain terms that we are an afterthought to life, yeah? The mind is reacting to conscious contact. The mental process is going, oh, I didn't want to see that, but it's sort of, yeah? Oh, I didn't want to have that thought, but it seemed to have that thought. So, the... The, aware, the activity or the manifestation and the awareness of it is way, 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 way prior to the mental interpretation, which is the act of claiming life and calling it your life. And as soon as you notice, when something becomes, when money and, let's say, relationships and well-being, everyone would give that a meaning if we put those three words up, money. Yeah? If you didn't have any, it would mean more to you than when you do. Yeah? Well-being, if you're sick, you'd be thinking, well, that's a lot of meaning to me. And what, I don't know what the other one I said is. But if you want to change the weight of those words, what? I only had one little word, my, in front of it. Now tell me, my money. Woo! You've written a whole novel about that in your life, haven't you? My well-being. My security. It's totally different, isn't it? From security, well-being, and money. My money, my well-being, my security. The my is the mind's activity. It's the act of being identified as a self. Yes? By claiming. So the body becomes my body, and then, as soon as it becomes my body, the mind has a past to do what? It obsesses over it. Yes? More so than it obsesses over any other body in this world, it will obsess over my body more than any other body. Not even close. Yeah? And... It's so obvious, a thought in your head, if, I, if, I, if you share your thoughts with me that are bombing you out, they don't have any big effect on me. I'll be sitting there, yeah. I may feel for you, but I'm not into the experience. I'm saying, shit, I wish you'd leave and I could have some fun. She's a real drag today. You know? But the same thoughts in my head, and they're held as my thoughts, would have a very similar effect that they're having in her head. So is it the thought that does it? Or is it the mind that does it? Yeah. Because you can't stop from thinking. This thinking is going to arise. If you want to stop and all, or just have only positive thoughts, all this is all crazy. It's not about the thoughts. It's about the mind. The act of identifying with the thought as the thinker. Yeah? Because you have thousands of thoughts every day. Thousands of thoughts arise. Are you going to try to turn every one that you call negative into positive and then not have the ones that you don't like and just have the ones you like? Or just look at the first one, which is I'm the thinker of all these thoughts. That's the first thought that precedes all the other thoughts that you don't see as a thought, do you? You take it to be you. So there's a thought, and then there's other thoughts, and this is what selfing is. It's just a mental verb. But in that mental verbing, one thought has come up and went, become a noun. And that thought is, I'm the thinker, which is a thought, yes? Yeah? And now it believes it's having all the other thoughts. You can't see this? It's insanity. So no matter how much you work on the mental process, you're never going to get radical relief because you're missing an incredible ingredient which is the instigator of it all. Like the first knot. 
No matter how many knots you loosen on the row of knots, the first knot will keep tying the other knots up. The first knot has a thread that goes through all the other knots. You can loosen the other knots up, but they're going to knot up again. But if you get to the first knot and tell the truth about it, and that knot loosens up, there's a thread that goes through all the other knots. So you'll know it by its fruits. You'll see that you're onto something because the re- relief will demonstrate in your life. You'll travel later. You won't have to have a philosophy to prop it up or have some fucking scripture to verify it. You'll know it in your gut. It'll be like an unspoken yes. Then if you want to study it, it's fine, but it's not studying it to convince you of anything. You're being convinced every day by finding out what it's like. Not by knowing it by thought, but by finding out what it's like. So, for me, like Ramana Maharshi would say, forget about giving up your possessions. Just give up the possessor. Check out the possessor, because all the possessions are held by one. Possessor. All the thoughts are held by one thinker. All the feelings are held by one feeler. Yeah? And you know, to me, it's amazing how much the feeler is giving meaning to the feelings. How much the thinker gives meaning to the thinking. Yes? Into the thoughts. How much this is distributing tons of meaning to what you believe are solid objects like thoughts and feelings. Yet we don't see that the meaning comes not from them, but from here, from the conditional mind and self-centeredness. It injects meaning into the thoughts that are seen through the vehicle of my, and then then those thoughts are opened up by your head, and then you download their content. Yes! It's freaking insane, as if somebody did it to you. As if life brought you these fucking thoughts, and it's so heavy. No, you are participating grandly in it. Yeah? Like in the Course in Miracles, it would say, you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. you understand that, what that statement means? It means, I sit here and I'm giving you a fucking meaning. That's what I do. Not me, but the sense of I. See, the selfing is that I'm giving you the meaning. See, that's what's tricky with spirituality. Spirituality has knowledge to wake us up, but what claims the knowledge turns spiritual knowledge into self-knowledge, and self-knowledge avails us nothing. Yes? Because now when you think, oh, I'm giving everything the meaning it has, you think it's you that's giving everything the meaning it has. It's mine that's giving everything the meaning it has. And the biggest meaning is that anything that happens, you think you're the doer of it. So now that you hear the message, hey, you and I give everything all the meaning it has, the feeling is, I'm giving everything the meaning. No. That's the biggest meaning. Yeah? That's the meaning that's given to every meaning is that you're doing it. Yeah? So when people look at self, oh, I've been really selfing today. What's saying that is selfing. Yeah? If you're sitting here going, oh, I've just seen, I'm really selfing a lot today. That's selfing. There's been a claiming of someone doing the selfing. That's selfing. That is the root of the trance. Yeah? Not the selfing, but the feeling that you're doing it. Or that it's being done to a you. That's the bondage to self. It's not what you think. It's not the activity that's bonding you. Yeah? It's the you in it. It's always a noun that you feel like. And that a verb's happening to you. That's selfing. That's the flavor of it. 
When you see that, it's like there's the lens, and you're here, like Ramana would say, you're watching the movie of the world and you realize it's not real. It's, you get very clear. This is, this is a dream. And you're in the auditorium. But you don't realize, and you have a feeling that you're real. So there's, the rec- there's a scene of some unreality, yes? But there's a feeling there's a you that's seeing it. He says the, the, the content is you're included. Anytime there's a feeling of you as a doer or the receiver of something, you're in the content of selfing. The context is mind, and the activity of self-centeredness or selfing is the content. Yes? We are context, but we're identified with content. So when, when, when someone says life is happening, it always seems to apply to a you. Yeah? That's the feeling of selfing. That's what it is. That's the disease of mind. When you say, oh, life's happening, we can all agree with that, but our feeling of it is it's happening to me. Yeah? That's the little interpretation that changes everything. In Zen, they would say it's the difference between heaven and hell, or heaven and earth. Yeah? That one little thing. Yeah? Yeah, life is happening. But it's, it's then my interpretation, my head's interpretation is happening to me. That's where the bondage arises, yes? Because if it's happening to you, then you'll see it's not happening to someone else. And maybe you'll want to watch what's happening to them to be happening to you. And then selfing just explodes. Once it claims, once it thinks this is its body, it explodes in thought and meaning. Yeah? Money, my money explodes in the meaning. Money will have so much meaning to you, it can consume you every freaking day when it's my money. Yeah? The only freedom is to see it as money. But it's impossible to see it as money when you're seeing it from the idea of being a self. It will always feel like it's my money. Yeah? Or your money that I want. <laughs> self cannot get out of self. The whole point is you're conscious and so you can tell the truth of what's appearing. Because what's appearing cannot possibly be you. Yes? So for me, by recognizing what I'm not is the best I can get to about what I am. Because I cannot have an experience of it. I cannot know it as a separate thing. I cannot understand it. Yeah? But I can have it intimated by me realizing what I'm not that's the closest I'll ever get to being what I am, which is seeing. Yeah? The incessant, always-on sense of seeing. A verb that's so complete that it doesn't seem like it's happening. Yeah? It's so complete. It's sort of like the thing about gravity. I bet you no one in this whole city today was at a cafe complaining about the effects of gravity on them. None. Nobody. I, get, I would even vouch to say not in this whole country. Today, did anyone sit at a cafe and look at his friend and say, man, I can see gravity's pushing your left shoulder down. How's that doing? How's that going with you, Bob? It's heavy, yeah? I had a real bad attack on gravity last week. It seemed really heavy to me. Everyone else seemed to be bouncy and I was very heavy down. No, it's something that's always affecting this so we don't know it. Yes, you only know it by its absence. Yeah? Yeah? That's exactly what happens with mind. You'll know it by this absence. That's how you know it. You will never know it as this. When this is present as being you, you will not know the absence. Yeah? That we call it the absence. The presence is our absence. Yes? 
then you have a sense of the verb that never stops verbing. And it's still, that's so incredible, yeah? It's totally, totally, the mother and father and the, encompasses all movement, but its nature is still in a way. Yeah. Oh, it's, so, it's so cool. <laughs> and immediately, I don't know, all I notice is when I watch people here and people who I really care for, We're just blown by a lot of winds, man. You know, in, uh, in Indian philosophy, they call deep mental grooves samskaras, yes? Karmic behavioral patterns that are impossible to seem to break. And I have been witness here in my life to one of the deepest ones I've ever seen, and that's alcoholism and addiction. It's by far the most demonstrative one I've ever seen. And the persistence of it and the tenacity of it and the unbelievable ability to override any sense or wisdom in the person or the seeming person or the mind that seems to be captivated by it is mind-boggling to me. I see people going out, going out, going out, going out, going out. Yeah. The root of all deep mental grooves, yes? the way they perpetuate, the way they translate, the way they make a big splash here has to be through self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is the mother of all mental frames. Yeah? Of all mental frames that allow all mental states to arise, the biggest mother of them all is self-centeredness. That's the original disease. Yes? Alcoholism is just a subdivision of self-centeredness. And really drive of an alcoholic is to get relief from the original disease, which is selfing. Yeah? My first solution to selfing was to get loaded. Yeah? And I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. And with untreated alcoholism, yes, which is really the main frame, which is self-centeredness. Yeah? And it's not being obsessed over you. That's how, what the mind does to reinforce the identification. The mind obsesses over you because that's the gluing agent so that consciousness can be bonded to the idea of being a thing. It needs constant application of the glue because it's such an unnatural condition. Yes? So your head, your whole system of thought wrapped in language is all about you as the center. You as the doer. You as the one that's done to. You as the noun in the midst of all verbs. All verbs that have ever passed by your consciousness in this life have been interpreted with the noun put in by self-centeredness. Things have always been seen as having happened to you. Yeah. The mental states most people are in with the deep mental grooves cannot escape this frame. Self cannot get out of self. Self is never going to transcend its own effects. Never. Never. It may get relief in here, yes? But the relief will be temporary, always followed by another deeper bout, bout of the uh, mental groove, yes? There's no lasting peace, because this frame is like, it's like that old Greek tragedy mask, where they have the laughing mask and the sad mask. The dualistic definition of this place cannot be escaped from by an object in the du duality, yeah? 
itself cannot get out of the dualistic nature of this place. So no matter how many times you cut a coin here, it's always going to be two-sided. It's either or, yes or no, no. So peace never becomes an uncaused state. It's always conditional. It comes and then it goes. Yeah? And usually the interpretation or the story about it is you had something to do with it coming and you had something to do with it going. So what happens is peace may appear in this frame and then may disappear in this frame, but what claims the appearance and disappearance will be you, the frame, the self-centeredness. Yes? The self-centeredness makes itself a pseudo-one in the world of two-ness. That's what it does. It's like playing God. It's taking what it believes God would be like and made it up in this freaking crazy place. So in your head, which is the whole point of recovery, it says the quit playing God, because it doesn't work. Yeah? The head is always playing God. With God, too. Doesn't it tell you when you're getting close to God? Doesn't it tell you when you're far away? What is your final authority? Let's say it's a great master. Maybe you said your whole life you adored this one master. <clears throat> and maybe you did. And then he'd come up to you, or she would, and say, Listen, Paul, there was nothing you ever needed to do. <clears throat> there's nothing you need to do now. And there's nothing you'll ever need to do. And you'd probably get washed with a great sense of relief. Your super authority has let you off the hook. But I bet you in three hours you'd be on the pillow again, meditating. You'd be doing something. <laughs> so who's the authority? The master of all masters or this? This is what plays God. See it? Yeah. <laughs> and it plays God here. But it's it, when it plays God, the God playing is structured. It cannot go out of its own bounds. Yes? It's always dualistic. So when you receive, when you do, when you believe you did something to get something, you immediately believe you could do something to lose it. Yes. Anything you have can be lost. Yes. Anything you get can be. It's, it's inevitable. There's no lasting state that can be had in selfing. Yeah. Except for the pseudo-lasting self state of being a self. That's the weirdest thing. That's the state you actually get as close to the truth as possible. It lasts more than any other state in this life is the idea of being a self. Yeah? Because anything that happens, it claims to be the one who did it. If something doesn't happen, it claims to be the one that omitted something, that caused it not to happen. It plays God in this little realm. Yeah? And this little realm, the mind is getting, you know, this produces a mental neuroses. I never, it's unbelievable. When you were a little kid, I don't know if you were in an abusive situation. I wasn't. I wasn't in an abusive situation. And the common state I was in is what I would call goals for most spiritual seekers. That's what most spiritual seekers, I imagine, would like to have when the view you had as a kid. Yeah? When I was playing, that's all I was doing, was playing. Because I wasn't worried will I be playing next week because I didn't have a concept of time yet. I didn't know about next week. I didn't walk around my house and judge, oh, this room's too small for me. I need to, I want the closet over here, and my mother's ugly, and fuck, can I get another mother? I don't like this thing. No, I just hung around and played on Hickory Street and everything else, and just, I wasn't going to gap clothes and gap hats or anything. I'd rather have no clothes on. And I'd be playing with ants, like that's all I'd be doing was playing with ants. What happened? 
imagine the mental process developed. And then its sense of being a self started getting formulated. And then here we are as this unadorned consciousness, let's say, at least a little bit of a limitation, but pretty much free-ranging. We got slipped into this little glove of selfing. And then it's like we always say, here I am in a world that the only sense would be feeling. Yeah, The only way I could know my world would be to feel it. Yeah, So here I am feeling everything, but I have a glove on. Yeah, A big, coarse glove, very heavy. So everything I feel feels heavy. Yeah? It feels coarse. Yes? So I find a scripture in my little world. Of course, it's in Braille, and I'm reading it. And it tells me about what symbolizes heaven in this world is like walking through a giant rose garden and touching millions of rose petals and feeling the softness of each petal, yes? How incredibly exquisite that would be. And so I read the scripture and I'm looking, I get on the pilgrimage, I buy my ticket, and I go to that place, but I have this glove on, yes? So every time I touch the pedal, it feels hard. It feels coarse, yeah? There's no translation. I'm not having what I believe was the what was being implied by the scripture. So all I can do is get into faith about it or dogmatic because I don't have the, the realization. Yeah? Everything, no matter what I touch, no matter how soft it is, it's going to feel hard because something's interpreting everything that happens for me. All I'm saying is, that glove... I call it selfing. It's self-centeredness, yes? It's a system of thought and interpretation that our mind has lost its ability to reflect and is now reflecting everything as this, yes? As I'm the hearer, I'm the seer, I'm the feeler. All I know is the mind has the ability, because we're like in a yogic posture, yeah? You know, anyone do yoga? We're in like an asana of self-centeredness, yeah? We're just, the whole mind is wrapped into this contraction, yeah? And we seem to, and in time, because time and space is selfing, we believe we've been in it for so long. Yeah? And all this message is, is to sort of hit the mind, tickle it a little bit so it'll move. When it comes out of this posture of self-centeredness, it can entertain, yes, its own nature. Instead of this contrived nature of being a body, of being in time and space. It can entertain its sense of nothingness. And immediately, the meaning that is given to the meaning that's being projected shifts, yeah? You're not feeling like you're giving any meaning to anything anymore, yeah? You're not feeling like you're a noun. You feel the sense of verbing, onness, incessant onness, never stopping, never starting. Yes? You can't get on, you can't get off. It's like you really get everywhere, it's just an incredible fluid move, movement, yeah? And we're trying to make a special somewhere and make it a noun. I'm here. It's like putting a flag in the river, saying, This is the river, when the water is just flushing by your little pole, yeah? The dilemma, though, is when you have this feeling, you maybe you have this desire or this nobility or wanting or this yearning or this longing, if self claims that longing, it will be used to bond you. The idea of being free will become the biggest bonding agent in your life. You'll be so obsessed with getting it or losing it or having had it once, but now I haven't meditated in years, so I've lost it. These giant stories will be written about it. 
as if it's a thing that you once had as this. Yeah? Watch. If the mind gives any... If the mind... Let's say you have a conditioning that you think spirituality is noble, you're fucked. Because then you'll make meditation more important than doing the dishes. And if you miss your meditation in the morning, your whole day, your mind will be so agitated, interpreting, it's a bad day, I didn't meditate this morning. Did you ever have that when you were two or three years old? I wasn't looking to sign up for a retreat. I was wide awake. There was no need to meditate. What would there be to meditate on? <laughs> well, who would, be, who would be the meditator on that object? What happened? You don't see that everything, the most noble drive or feeling, gets put into the system of doing and having, and the whole message gets lost. You become God again. And it's going to be based on what you do or don't do that you're going to either reach the pinnacle or not. And then if you reach the pinnacle, then you've got to be vigilant every freaking day. You ever got involved in macrobiotics or anything? You ever got into a strange diet? I got into a diet of macrobiotics when I was young, and my intestinal tract became my center of the universe. My mind was just thinking how I was feeling every second. You know, it's instead of, you know, <laughs> be totally in right here. I couldn't even see it, but it would just break through with thought, you know, and just a concern. What's that like? Oh, fuck, I shouldn't have eaten that rice cake. Oh, no, I put too much sesame in you know, insane obsession with self. You see it? I hear people talk about the problem, talk about the solution from the problem all day. They don't see that when they're talking about freedom from self, that can be selfing unbelievably. Yeah? It's just a recognition. And what happens is the lens, just like I'm going back to New York, my little conditional apparatus, the aperture will and get another view when I'm in New York. Totally different than the conditional view I have here. Totally different. If I go to Australia, it does this. It's all like programmed. Yeah? Different caps and different lenses. You have nothing to do with it. You're the seeing of that. Yeah? You're the seeing of that. There's an awareness of all the conditional contrived apparatus. You see all the movies they're having out now? I just saw a movie the other day where this person is a real solid thing and then they find out they're a clone. <laughs> that all their memories are chips. So they've been calling a wife that's a totally imaginary on this other planet. For 300, they've had 300 conversations with her and it's all made up in their head. It doesn't feel like that sometimes. I'm so sh- I feel so sure I was alive. Who's telling you that? Who's telling you you're authentic? Where do you get your authentic self from? Where do you get the idea of an authentic self? Where did that come from? From the system. The system is incredible. It will make a soul. So it's, it's maybe so unbearable now under this tyranny of selfing, but you'll hope that it's going to get better later. A few more lifetimes, I'm going to purify enough so that I can really get somewhere. What an insane deal, eh? Well, this lifetime is just about getting prepared. Give me a fucking break. What are you getting prepared? Who's going anywhere? I'm 
going to be a non-self. I was a self for a while, now I'm a non-self. Both of them are selfing. You don't see it? Mind dualistically breaks. Self and non-self are the same thing. They're both concepts of mind. The concept is the one is self, which is a total concept, and the opposite of it is a concept. Yes? You can't get out of self as self. It's impossible. No matter how far you go, you'll still be there. Yeah? No matter how clear you get, you'll still be the one who's clear. No matter if you perfected the greatest way of looking here, it's a form of blindness to your natural seeing. And there's no way it's ever going to develop into seeing. You can't see. All there is is seeing. You and I cannot see. All we can do is look. Yeah? Which is contrived. Seeing is what we are. We can't get it. It's such a great bit of news. We're so afraid just to implode, really. Just that, you know, I was, we have a thing in recovery called a bottom. Yeah? And it's not based on circumstances, because the bottom, when it happened to me, was just a regular day at the office. I was just trying to get some money to get some dope, really. But a moment of clarity occurred, and I got to feel how hopeless I was. The denial broke. The whole charade and advertising to keep me from this thing, all the false hopes of the next shot and whatever. I felt the hopelessness, and it wasn't me observing someone feeling the hopelessness. I was totally in that box. Totally. I, there was no me, oh, I'm just going through this. No. It was total, total belief that I was that which was fucked. That was the freedom. That was the implosion. Everything else is you're still resuscitating the selfing. Still holding on. It can get better. No, it got better when it could have no possibility of ever getting better. That's when it got better. Yeah? When the whole system collapses, something else can take its place. Until that point, it just goes on and on and morphs and morphs and morphs and morphs and morphs. And selfing can claim anything. Any activity here, like, what's his name? Trungpa Rinpoche used to say the ego, whatever it comes in contact with, it will take advantage of. That's what happens. That's what selfing does. Yeah? It claims it. So if you have an incredible event in your life, it will call it an epiphany, and you'll be the one who had it. Yeah? You will claim your own absence. And you'll write up tons of stories. Or maybe you write a thing for a Buddhist journal about my experience of my own absence. Signed, Paul Hedeman. You meant Paul A. Hedeman. Make sure you get it right. Yeah? My experience of my own absence. <laughs> so all I feel the best you can do here is to share about what we're not with the hopes that There'll be a seeing of that, and maybe, just maybe, in a certain moment here, the emphasis will be on the seeing, not on the seer. Yes? Some little flavor will change.
once the emphasis shifts and your interest and attention, which is your life, it's not your body, but your interest and attention is really your life, isn't it? What's engaged here in, is not my body all day, it's my interest and attention. The body is a vehicle for the interest and attention. But right now, the interest and attention is wedded, uh, like a black wedding, <laughs> to selfing. Yeah? If, when that gets shifted, and I found it worked with me when I entertain I'm not that. That's, how, that's why I share in this vein. Yeah? When I kept seeing, 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 then one of the times when I was seeing the mental states, I had a feeling that I'm not that. And that feeling, like a, a shift of emphasis, it's so, sort of like the background, which was, you know, let's say, context or space, sort of became more uh, attractive to my interest and attention. And in the foreground, which was all the particulars, like thoughts and feelings and history and people and things and activities, that moved to the background. And there was such a relief yeah, from that shift. It was just a shift of emphasis. Nothing changed. It was just the emphasis that was being placed on one dimension, let's say, of things, shifted to be put on space, in a way. And I found, now that that shift seems to be activated, there's a traveling lighter here in this little bumper car world. I'm not colliding with so many things and people anymore. Let's say I'm not. It's like, whatever. You can't say, you know, it's hard to say. But all I know is that life seems to be lighter consistently. Yeah? And I found why from, I believe you really start knowing the problem from the solution. I do. Yeah? Everything else from the problems like conjecture or, or hopefully faith in some past writings or something. But, when there's something, when the mind comes out of that yogic posture of selfing, then it just finds a way of trying to describe it or translate it from the inside out in a way. Yeah? And so you know the problem by the solution. You really see the problem. Yeah? And it's not a problem. It's not an object. It's a verb. It's a, it's a verb of mind. It's selfing. Yeah? And it makes up an appearance of being a real solid noun. But it can't create that. It cannot create it, because it's not real. It just makes it up. Yeah? And if somehow my interest and attention is in this being me, yeah, then I get to wear a certain pair of glasses here, and my world is framed by those glasses, and I call them self-centeredness. Yeah? And every one of us has been seeing out of those glasses and we come to certain groups to share about what it's like to look from here. Yeah? And when you t tell the truth about looking from here, what happens is, maybe, just maybe, you can entertain taking the glasses off. To me, taking the glasses off is just telling the truth about them seemingly being on. That's all. That's actually the act of taking them off. And then there's, when they're taken off... <laughs> then you know the problem by the solution. You now see, unadorned with this form of looking, and then in that seeing, it's clear, and it reflects what's happening. And it reflects, you can see the reflection of selfing. 
And in the in the seeing of selfing, there's a very strong hit that I'm not what I can see. It's just it's it's so it's not a reasoning or a logic. It's just much deeper than that. When there's a recognition I'm seeing something, there's a strong feeling I cannot possibly be that which I see. Yeah. It has more packed than 800 pages of scriptures. And then you, the feeling of it, when that's been removed, is there was a sense that, aha, I was seeing everything in this little world. And then the camera just opened up. And now more space fills in. And then maybe you start thinking, oh, this is the authentic Paul. And then the camera includes that again. And more space. And then another, oh, this is a, the authentic Paul. And the camera expands more. And after maybe only one or maybe eight or nine of these demonstrations, that there's a hit that there is no authentic self. There's never going to be, the context is never going to appear as a content. It's never going to be a content. And there's a freedom in that. You know like the principle of the ocean by one drop. Yeah, You don't have to have eight billion drops. You study one drop, you get the sort of essence of the water. Yeah, It will apply to all water when you draw. That's the same thing. You get a free sample and it expands into a principle. Yeah, But it's like Huang Po says, whatever you can perceive, yes, cannot perceive. So whatever can be perceived... Thoughts, this, that, cannot perceive. That's not what's seen. Yeah. And what's really cool, the unbidden joy. It's such a blast, man. You'll finally laugh like a hyena. It's so fucking ridiculous. The huffing and puffing and blowing all our imaginary houses down all day. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> you just lose interest in yourself. It's, it's fucking great. I swear there's a guy I see every... every, uh, every